Listen in as I tackle your most pressing pharmacy and technology questions. That's right, the most curly, the most burning, and even the ones that come from left field. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, most importantly, the motivated pharmacy owner, all the tools, all that you need to build a smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours and we're now in episode 32. Well, I do have some disappointing news to start off with. My guest did cancel at the last minute. I know, very disappointed I was, of course. It was Wendy from ePayroll Office, and we'll make sure we catch up with her down the track. Unfortunately, just couldn't uh, make today's interview, which is fine, but it has left me with what do I do in a 45-minute to one-hour transformation episode with you guys for 45 minutes to an hour? Well... I answer your most pressing, most burning, and even the left field questions that you may have surrounding pharmacy and technology. And as it so happened, I did come prepared, and I do have some bonus material that I'm sharing with you today. For those of you who followed my journey through the Pharmacy Freedom Uh, which featured the Transformation book launch. We also had a bonus Q&A session, which happened straight after Pharmacy Freedom, which allowed anyone who tuned in online to actually ask me any questions they wanted around pharmacy and technology. And geez, there were some burning ones. There were some that came from right left field, uh, but certainly there were some great questions. And I know that you're going to get so much benefit out of hearing the answers that I gave to those. It was all very hot-seated. There was no preparation whatsoever. Uh, So some of the best uh, material and answers that I've come up with came out of that. So I hope you enjoy that and we'll get to that in a moment. It probably goes for about 25 minutes. So not too long, probably probably, uh, the shortest of uh, any of our interviews that we've had of recent times as well. Um, but really gives you some great insights as to obviously where where I see obviously the pharmacy industry at the moment and where the biggest opportunities of technology sit in your business. But more importantly, what we need to be doing before we consider technology and what we need to be considering in our business. You know, technology really does help to leverage best practice systems in our business, and that's something we talk about a lot. And once you've got best practice systems that are in your business, if you've got good IT and good technology that help to automate that best practice, you can see the massive difference that it makes. And that was, you know, came out from quite a few discussions that I've had with pharmacy owners this week, particularly following on from their Pharmacy Freedom Index, which has been a great process for them to go through. And I know that they've seen a lot of opportunity in it. So I also wanted to touch on some listener feedback as well. Um, I've got a number of questions banked up and I suppose if I ever had to do one of these shows again, it would be nice to uh, just simply go through all of those and I'll be right up to date. So feel free, of course, as I always mention, send me all your questions, whether that be through Twitter or whether you'd like to do it by email, however you like to reach out. Uh, Send me those questions. I'd love to answer them on the show for you. And obviously, I think our whole community of motivated pharmacists owners could really benefit from it because we're not all unique as we know from being a global show as well and hearing from a number of different global companies and pharmacists in other countries the issues are quite the same and you know we quite often talk about how 
Perhaps in Australia, we're a little bit behind the rest of the world in some of the progressions of some of the challenges that pharmacy is facing or going to be facing in the next few years here. So we can really be learning from each other. And I, I really look forward to doing that. And I'll talk to you a little bit about how we can do that, I guess, more intimately, um, a little bit further down this uh episode. So uh, the listener question that I got today was uh, from Tom. Um, He just finished up uh, with episode 28 of Transformation and I did talk about custom counters in there. So Tom said, uh, are there any that you would recommend and keep up the great work? Thanks, Tom. I really appreciate it and uh, love obviously getting your feedback. It's not the uh, first question you fired at me and I hope I get quite a few more of them because there are some great ones that I think all of our listeners are going to benefit from. So quickly and easily, the uh, the best um, one I'd have you check out is probably a company called Cohera Tech. Uh, there may be others overseas for our overseas listeners, but they're based in Australia and I had them quote on a, on a job that I looked at last year and they've probably probably got the best customer accounting product available it's known to me um, it's got it can be based through cloud so you don't need to have any great infrastructure sitting at your back we talk about that a lot and that's just a myth that I want to squash in anyone's mind that they have that they need a big IT department in the back of their pharmacy or they need to have a bunch of technicians running everything for them you don't need it guys you can do it all through the cloud and Cohera Tech do that really really well uh, they set up the sensors at the front entrance of your pharmacy Um, and if you've got a wide entrance in a shopping center there's some great solutions around how you can do that usually they sit on the security gates but if you don't have security gates that's okay Um, but there's another way around it so I'll check them out Um, their website I'll put in the show notes today um, www.cohera-tech.com.au check them out and let me know how you go with them as well and um, I'd love to hear about it but why we would do custom encounters is probably a good question question too for, for the benefit of everyone and um, realistically when we do analyze our point of sale information and our sales data uh, we do get number of customers of course but of course you realize those customers are only the customers that have bought something in your pharmacy and you really don't know how many walk out. I'm sure that on occasions us as pharmacy owners have always stood outside our stores perhaps and uh, just monitored customer traffic from time to time to see how it is but it really doesn't give us any trends. And what custom accounters do is it fills that gap really nicely. So it tracks the number of customers um, that come into your pharmacy. Don't worry, they don't count them twice. They're pretty smart about being able to um, divide the count in two because you don't expect that anyone's going to be left in the pharmacy at the the end of the day. But realistically, giving you an idea as to the number of customers coming into your store each hour. And also, you can then work out by integrating your POS data into that as to what the percentage of those customers actually bought something in your pharmacy as well. And that may well very well help with your cut with your staffing and knowing exactly the right hours to have more staff. And if you do have administration staff that split their time being on the floor, off the floor, you might wanna change their ratios around to have them on the floor at a busier time and then off the floor at a not so busy time. But numbers are great, they don't lie. It's not based on hearsay as to Oh, which hours do you think we were most busy? Because I think generally speaking, when you ask that question, most people just refer back to their last example, which might only be an isolated example. So it really helps you to narrow down and to find those biggest opportunities in your business to be able to make sure that you've got the right number of staff. But it's important you act on that very quickly 
because if you don't, your customers won't give you a second or a third chance. They just simply won't turn up. So your customer counters will come down and your percentage of paid customers against customers that just come in and don't buy anything will probably get very close to 100% if you don't capture those opportunities. So if you do happen to run a test with it and you see a huge disparity of how many customers have come in and who's bought, uh, there's big opportunity there, guys, and that should give you the utmost confidence to really up the ante of getting, getting your best people in front of your customers all the time. I did also want to mention um, last week we wrapped up the pharmacy automation series, um, which you can all access for free via robertstar.com. You just sign up on the front page. It does link to Pharmacy Freedom as well. So as a bonus, you do get all of the information and the keynote presentations and all the photos and slides from the book launch as well as Pharmacy Freedom. And you also get that automation series as well as that. So that's a really interesting one. I'd love to know now that we've wrapped up all the pharmacy automation manufacturers in Australia, I do appreciate there are a number of other ones overseas and we may get to those as we go along the transformation journey. But I'd love to know having listened to all of those if we do have some of our listeners that have gone through the whole series what did you find most beneficial are there any curly questions I'd love to facilitate the discussion between those um, automation vendors and even the pharmacy owner case studies if you're interested in going to see them let me know I might be able to tee that up for you obviously Peter from Blacktown and Cedric they're volunteered that you can go up and see them. But if you'd like to do any of that, please hit me up. I'd love to know what you'd like to see next because automation's a really big opportunity for a lot of pharmacies. And as we discussed last week, it's not about when can I buy the robot, it's how do I get my processes ready for a robot and getting your dispensary workflows right. It was such a great example last week of seeing a small community independent pharmacy grow into a bigger pharmacy using very highly sophisticated automation and they were able to do that having gone through that journey already. Also, I'd love to love to um, touch on a bit of book feedback that I've been getting as well. There've been some great photos of people holding their transformation books that have come to me via Twitter. A particular favourite of mine was Luke, um, who uh, just received his before he went on a long haul flight to London. So I'd love to know uh, whether that filled the uh, filled the travel journey well for you, Luke, and you managed to get a lot out of that. Um, and that was fantastic. And of course, any of you that have read Transformation now or are about to. Um, I'd really appreciate um, if you could head across to Amazon.com, even if you didn't buy the book from Amazon, and just leave me a review. I'd love those to be there. Um, it's the first pharmacy and technology book in the world, uh, written by a pharmacist, and um, I'd love to hear to see, obviously, whether you've appreciated that or whether there was anything that you'd like to see improved, because I will be revising that edition um, as we go along. And um, of course, you know, in technology, you have to. So I'd I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to see a review if you could do that. It might only take a couple of minutes, but I'd appreciate it. Also going to touch on transformation.com.au. I spoke about it last week. I said I couldn't give you a definitive time frame. So what we have for you now is a beta site. And what a beta site is, is that it works. It's got everything in it that I wanted to get into it. It's just not in the right format at the moment. Unfortunately, it's not mobile optimized at the moment. And what that means 
um, and there's some great lessons there for even websites, is that to access it on your phone, you will need to pinch the screen to be able to do it properly. So I probably wouldn't suggest doing it because you may get a bit too frustrated. But if you really want to get stuck in, it's available. Um, you can start your workbook today. Uh, there's some great links, some great questions, uh, the activities as well that you can do. There's some links. Um, you will also notice that the Pharmacy Freedom Index questions are included in your workbook, um, but please don't answer them in your workbook as well. The best place to do that is to go across to pharmacyfreedomindex.com. I'll put the links on the, in the show notes. And um, when you do your test on there, you'll get a beautiful report at the end of it um, and also be able to get your free gifts as well um, with the transformation ebook and also uh, a copy of my keynote presentation as well. And what I've also arranged that those answers automatically transfer across to your workbook. So make sure you use the same email address when you do the Pharmacy Freedom Index test and it will come straight into your workbook. There will be some videos that are gonna go in there very shortly. Um, the content will continue to grow as we go along in our journey. Um, as I mentioned, some of the workbook workshops that I'm doing are gonna go in there as well for only community members. And also the community is live as well. So please throw any questions in there. From next week, I'm gonna start throwing some questions in there and also answering some of those. And um, please throw any questions you like. There's also a tab that you'll see where you can ask me a private question. So if you don't wanna ask it to everyone else and get everyone's opinion and you just want it from me, you can do that. But also you'll be able to book in for an appointment as well, specifically to relating to where you're at in the workbook as well. I may have mentioned in previous shows, if you want to get in touch with me and you'd like me to come out to your pharmacy or even catch up on Skype at your convenience, um, you can do that through robertstar.com forward slash appointments. It'll show you all the available appointments that you can book in and um, how you can do that. And that could be to discuss your pharmacy freedom index and really deep dive and find those big opportunities in your business right now. It could be that you're stuck on a particular activity in your transformation workbook. You just reference that and um, there's some discounted sessions there for you to be able to have those with me either in person or via Skype as well. Uh, there's also general strategy sessions that we can do. So if you just wanna have a general chat about your pharmacy technology with no specific reference to anything in particular, we can do that as well. And also the team communication discovery sessions, which I might add are free. Um, and you can book in for those as well. So take advantage of those where you are, but what we're able to now do, and we've finally got there, is that transformation.com.au will allow you to begin that journey um, of 12 months where you can transform your business by leveraging technology and finding particularly your biggest opportunities by using the Pharmacy Freedom Index to help you find that. And of course, I can help you find that in person if you would like that. Okay, so we're going to get into the bonus Q&A session from Pharmacy Freedom. Uh, please adjust your volume slightly. The, the audio wasn't the greatest in terms of the volume that we're able to get without distorting it. So you may need to turn your volume up a little bit after you finish listening to this, um, as there will be a little bit of difference. And then of course, just dial it back down at the end of it. Goes for about 25 minutes, some great questions in there. I know you'll get a lot of benefit out of it as well. Um, so we're away and uh, I'll see you on the other side. Question is, a lot of pharmacies are really struggling in today's market. What is one piece of advice 
that you would give them? Well, we centred a lot about our discussion around that today. Um, we we're aware of the problems. I think we're all very, very much experts of the problems of uh, operational costs rising, revenues plummeting, and uh, resources being spread thin. And uh, I think in reaction to that, we need to really understand what makes our businesses tick and really focus on what keeps our businesses surviving, and that is our patience. And I believe that a genuinely profitable pharmacy can only exist when we have three key elements. Now, the first one is operational efficiency. You know, we've just got to be more efficient in helping our patients in those back end, in, not, sorry, taking away from our patients, but that our back end processes don't take away our time from our patients and that we're able to take off all of those many hats that we wear, the bookkeeper, the HR manager, and actually put in some really slick automation processes into that, into that so that you can spend more time with your patients when they really need you. And also, through operational efficiency, increases your profits, which you can then reintroduce into your pharmacy for patient-centric services. And that can only happen when we listen to our patients as well. And obviously, coupled with that, you know, smart use of technology helps you scale and grow, so that if you can add mobility and automation into your workflows, then you'll be able to do that successfully. I'd love to know what your favourite 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 uh, favourite slide or favourite moment of the presentation was today. Uh, you know, we got a few laughs on a number of occasions. Uh, wonder if anyone saw the uh, slide of the uh, guy shooting a computer. I tell you, I've always wanted to be doing that <laughs> whenever things go wrong. But uh, oh, so we have another question. So, why do you think it's so important to keep changing with new technologies in the current marketplace? Great question. Uh, there's new technology that's evolving every day um, and it's really important that we focus on the processes that underpin the use of that technology. To simply use that technology and only adopt it because it's the latest fad and other people are doing it is a misappropriation. Pharmacy is built on strong principles of patient care and anything that we do that impacts on them in a positive manner and makes it easier for them to solve their health problems is obviously of great benefit. So if you're creating, for example, a mobile application that is going to enable your patients to book appointments with you or to order prescriptions more more um, conveniently from the palm of their hand rather than having to go through the process of having to order uh, through the phone and waiting for people to get off the phone and, uh, and start listening to you and taking that order, it makes a big difference. We're seeing you know, some great innovations in other industries like Domino's Pizza, which is one of my favourites. Not so much for the pizza, but for their innovation and uh, their CEO, Don May, is always saying now that they are really a social technology company um, and more so than a pizza company, which is a really interesting one, but they've taken that experience, made it so personal for each person who wants to order a pizza, and you can do everything from the palm of your hand, from choosing your toppings, from how it's cooked, where you would like to pick it up, and you can follow the journey right from the ingredients bench right through to the oven. So, it's important to be aware of what industries are doing, but also being aware that the new technology may impact the pharmacy industry, and we just need to be ready for that.
really good question. So some pharmacies are choosing to reduce staff and hours to control costs. What, what are my thoughts? Well, you know, reducing, our, reducing, reducing staff and hours can only impact negatively on your patients. Your patients want you to be open later and they may want a more personal experience by having more pharmacists so that they don't have to feel like they're lining up at a proverbial pig trough where and the pharmacist can only spare 10 seconds of their valuable time to give them the valuable information that will have the ability to pass on the, the freedom of good health if they can give them personal advice. So my advice is that the first answer to any problem or any cash flow crisis is not to just simply withdraw services. You need to do a full assessment of where you're at. I've developed the Pharmacy Freedom Index that helps you do exactly that. And in that, in that process, there are 75 strategic questions that allow you to see where you're at, where you're strong, where you're not so strong in operational efficiency, a patient-centric business model and smart use of technology. And in conjunction with that, you're able to then see how you're placed with your money, your pharmacy, your patients, your team, your partners, innovation, mobility, automation, and also your IT systems. And you can benchmark yourself as to how you're going and what you need to focus on. And that can really help to positively impact on your patients so that you are in the best position from an operational perspective, but also from a healthcare perspective to give those patients services that they require rather than simply removing them because it helps your bottom line. Have we got any more questions? Do we have any takers for our keep cups? No? Why do you think a lot of pharmacies are so reluctant to change? Perhaps it could be twofold. It could be that the pain hasn't hurt enough and that they still believe that the 20-year-old business model um, can survive the challenges of pharmacy. And perhaps we've also got pharmacists who still believe that the Pharmacy Guild can provide them with their answer, that they've negotiated great, great agreements with the government in the past and that they'll be able to do that again and deliver them the financial freedom that their businesses need. I think that's very short-sighted um, and it really doesn't pay respect to our heritage of, our, of what pharmacies were built on and why they became primary healthcare destinations in the first place. They, they, our pharmacies were always the centre of our community. You know, if we go even further back into the US, there were soda fountains and that was the social hub of every community. Now we've got Facebook and Twitter and other areas where people can chat and congregate but we're not in that space at the moment. <laughs> so we need, to, we need to make that relevant and we need to be embracing that and not simply sitting there thinking that, look, we're pharmacists, we don't need to be in that space. No one wants us to be. Well, I dare say this, this is where your patients are. I, I, I would wager that a lot of you have invested a lot of time and money into Yellow Pages advertising, maybe even TV advertising radio advertising, things that you really cannot target and you don't know whether they work. And if you do get results from it, you don't know who's giving you those, those results and what return on investment. If you embrace social media, it's very measured, it's very targeted and you can see exactly who you're getting and what's, what segments 
um, of your business you're able to find and you're able to zero in on the patients that you want to communicate with as well. So in terms of reluctance to change, change is upon us whether you like it or not and you've got the choice of whether you would like the change to influence you or whether you want to influence the change by innovating yourself. At what point do you think pharmacists will cease depending on the guild and start taking responsibility for their own destinies? Well, I guess that really follows on from what, what, I, what I was saying. Um, you know, the guild has always been the shining light for pharmacy and continue to be, you know, the valuable organisation that they do, representing pharmacy owners in a terrific manner that they do and looking at the issues across the board, they go to great lengths to engaging with pharmacy owners to find out what are the true problems so that when they can do submissions like George was talking about this morning, pre-budget, to be able to influence the government to providing funding for patient services that are really relevant to our businesses right now, but they can't do it all on their own. You know, we're always being told that we should be retailers first, pharmacists second in this climate if we're gonna survive. And I, th I believe that that's a complete opposite from where we need to be. We need to be pharmacists first. I spoke about today about what you believe your pharmacy might look like when you left university. And I think we need to spend some time rediscovering that because we were probably our best healthcare clinicians at that point in time and probably had a better awareness as to what our patients actually wanted before we started to try to be small business owners and copy whatever else was working in the industry. As I discussed, you know, you cannot compete with Chemist Warehouse unless you do have that sophisticated technology. You've got their level of supply chain that is unsurpassed in almost any retail industry in this country, except for probably Coles and Woolworths. So you need to have that all in your artillery if you're going to compete effectively with them. And if you're not, you better be focusing on your patients. And I believe that's where you need to start. And I know the Guild are supporting patient-led services and helping you develop those, but they can't do it on their own. You need to take responsibility yourself. Ooh, a controversial one. What do I think about the proposed changes to the pharmacy location rules? Well, ultimately, look, I believe that pharmacists need to be given the opportunity to best serve their communities. Now, if in those communities they are being underserviced or the pharmacies in their community are not servicing them correctly and giving them access to the best patient healthcare solutions that we are known for as pharmacists and simply operating an outdated pharmacy model because they refuse to change, then I believe another pharmacy has the right to come into that space and give patients what they want. I know that Chemist Warehouse in their submission have contested that pricing is one thing that patients want, but that's not everything that they want. As we we're talking about today, the biggest skill that I think pharmacists perhaps have lost but can rediscover is listening. We need to listen to our communities and find out what they want because that, is, that has the ability to combat that value-driven customer that's only driven by price and opportunity through discount pharmacies, where service levels are no better than what they are in Chemist Warehouse, why would you go anywhere else? So it's really on, upon us to up the ante in what we're able to do in engaging with our patients, and that can determine how we're going to go about it. And 
to, to finally answer the location rules question, look, I think where the opportunity lies, where communities are suffering and not being given access to these patient services because of outdated business models, I believe that there, isn't, there should be an opportunity for a pharmacy to do that. What's my opinion of the supermarket push to include pharmacies? Price check on aisle five. Yeah. Um, well, I think we all saw earlier this year um, what Woolworths are capable of in terms of trying to masquerade pharmacy interns and students as providing health checks uh, whilst they're standing next to alcohol, tobacco, and all sorts of nasty things that only promote the rise of chronic health conditions like diabetes and so forth. They cannot be known for healthcare whilst they play in these spaces. Um, and, you know, we've seen overseas that um, Walgreens, um, you know, they, they refuse to start to sell nicotine and, and cigarettes, which is a grand move to be making because it, make, it makes them more patient and healthcare focused by doing so because then they are taking the responsibility or the social responsibility of promoting good health that doesn't involve smoking and trying to quit at the same time. So could supermarkets play a role in this country in, in healthcare? I imagine they could, but they would need to fundamentally change probably some of the biggest profit driving areas in their, in their supermarkets. And they are not showing any sign of retreating in any category within their supermarkets in, and that's why I think pharmacy is such an attraction to them because it can add another revenue stream to their petrol, their liquor and all their other ancillary services that they've picked up. But I don't believe that this government in, the, in, the, in this country should be endorsing pharmacy and supermarkets until they're fundamentally able to function as healthcare destinations, which community pharmacy has done so successfully for so long. So what's the earliest technology to, easiest technology to adopt into a pharmacy to make the most difference? Well, we put our, uh, everyone who listened today through an exercise of seeing six things that a lot of the room, and I wager also online, still have in your pharmacy, whether that being fax machines, mail, calculators, suggestion boxes. It really is a, it really is a combination of one percenters. One of the um, time-saving and efficient-saving um, elements that we, I spoke about in one of my podcasts quite a few weeks ago was about password management. And now that we're seeing suppliers giving us access to portals um, and um, we're able to place orders online, we've got our references online, our banking, um, all of these tools, um, email, you know, we need a place to store the passwords. And as I've discovered in my, in my experiments and implementation in community pharmacy, now this can save you up to one and a half hours a week. And if you think about one and a half hours a week collectively across your business, um, you know, it's a tremendous time saving. And as well as the fact that you maintain security, um, you're able to have full visibility. So if you do have a staff member that leaves your business, they don't leave with your intellectual property and all your passwords and you need to spend a day reversing all of that and that can just be provided on an as needs basis. It could even be something as easy as implementing 
um, a, a, an email system in your pharmacy so that you've given all your internal staff access to emailing you and that's just maybe a way to get started but it can go all the way up to even another thing I speak about which is producing a podcast for your team and providing a flexible level of communication to all of your team members. How, when was the last time you had a t team meeting where all your team turned up at the same time or even better were able to turn up at the same time? Chances are that doesn't happen and would you be, would you be um, supported if you then offered them a way to actually receive that communication at a time of their choosing. And podcasting is a fancy word for voice recording. You can do that. You've got a voice memo app on your phone. You could very easily pull that out once a week, talk in it to five minutes and just email it to your staff and you've done it. And you've given your team your best insight and some insight into also how they can help you improve your business as well. So. It really comes down to what each individual pharmacy wants and needs. Uh, but again, as I mentioned, the Pharmacy Freedom Index can help you find those areas. So what's a good example of another industry that has readily adapted to change and, what, and been successful at it? Um, Look, I've given, I've given a few examples today. Um, travel is a great one. Um, and also the banking sector as well. I probably didn't talk about that as much in the presentation, but I might do that now. But if you think about how money was managed and how we had to line up at uh, the banks to get our cash out on a Friday afternoon so that we had money for the weekend, and we had passbooks to keep all of our balances, and we had to make appointments with bank managers, um, to review our finances and, and a, huge, a huge mess of you know, lots of appointments and not really much up-to-date visibility where we're at. And also when we think about it in the relation to our business, you know, our accounting software um, was always on-premise and you very rarely could get visibility into how your business was tracking financially um, until you met with your accountant uh, at the end of a quarter. We now have software that's available where we can get up to the minute um, visibility into our, into our money and also how we're going from a cash flow perspective in our business and that can help us make smart decisions about how we change or do th different things each week to make sure that our business stays on track and more personally on a money perspective you're now able to see your finances, you're able to transfer money, you can even pay a restaurant from your, from your phone as well just by tapping it using the uh, near field communication chip that a lot of new phones have. So it has transformed, it gives more power to the, to the consumer at the end of the day of what you can do on your phone, you've got full control over it. And I think if banking and finance can, can deal with the privacy issues that we often face in healthcare, I think we've got a really good chance given that that's been so successful of giving patients the convenience of accessing their health record and their medicines at a time of their choosing. We've got time for two more questions. So I'm a second generation. So I'm a second generation pharmacist, and what's my earliest memory of pharmacy? Hmm. Well, I think my earliest memory of pharmacy was uh, on school holidays, um, going up to my dad's pharmacy at the time in uh, Thomastown, and uh, it was one where uh, mum and dad lived behind before um, they moved out when they had me. 
and um, you know just watching my dad on these elevated dispensary benches and um, you know just the smell of pharmacy and medicines and uh, you know that smell is ingrained in me and uh, you know just the um, admiration I had for him in uh, you know doing his 12 hour days sometimes six seven days a week and his dedication to his patients and you know what it took to you know, run a successful pharmacy business. Um, you know, it's always drawn my strongest admiration. And um, I think, you know, looking at the faces of the patients when, you know, he would do everything possible. I think he even did tax returns for his patients at one stage. Um, and just seeing the value that that community um, held him in that esteem and um, seeing the impact that he was able to create on them and their families in helping them find good health. Uh, I think, you know, that it was always a great example that I've always tried to follow. And, um, you know, it really ingrained in me is that what a big difference pharmacists can make in a community if we listen and if we involve ourselves and commit ourselves to helping our patients. So our last question. So for a pharmacist at home feeling overwhelmed, where is the best place to start? <clears throat> best place to start is the exercise that I spoke about in the live broadcast. We really need to have a good think about why we became a pharmacist in the first place. Because I believe if you can connect with your why and why you became a pharmacist, and what difference you were hoping to make to your patients, then that's going to make the biggest difference to you in how you can influence your patients and how you can influence your community and also help you to plan what pharmacy and what you'd like that pharmacy to look like. And that gives you the grounding to be able to make your best business decisions. So my advice would be grab a cup of coffee. I'm still open to the offer as I am now, if you uh, put a comment uh, in there, even if you just put your name and email address, I'll send you one of these out. Um, and grab a cup of coffee over the weekend, or even tomorrow if you get time, and think about why it is that you got into pharmacy. What did you hope that your pharmacy would be able to do when you first got into it? And what, how the patients you were going to look after? And what I'd advise you to then do is Take the Pharmacy Freedom Index. It's very low cost. I worked through it with you over a 90-minute review and assessment consultation. We cover off the three key pillars of operational efficiency, the patient-centric business model, and smart use of technology. And at the end of that session, you'll feel confident that you have the actionable items of opportunity that you can then embrace in your business. And I can help you map out that over a 12-month period that you can implement that successfully into your business. That's the best place to start because knowledge always allows us to dictate our future. If we're ignorant and we don't take the necessary steps to educate and get the insights into our business, we can never change. So my advice is take action 
and, I, and I'm, I'm sure you'll be glad you did. Okay, so that brings us to the end of another episode of Transformation. I'm sure you would have seen some great questions that come out of there. It was hot seat. It was all unscripted, and um, I hope that you got a lot of value out of that as well. I would love to do another Q&A session, perhaps down the track, so send your questions through, and you never know, we may need to do one of those again, but we hope that uh, we won't have any more guests cancelling, which would be great, uh, but next week, we've got some great guests coming up. So we've got Luke, the CEO of MPS coming up next week. I've got another guest who I'll name down the track and we're going to uncover some marketing gold for your pharmacy and really focus on some high impact strategies that are really low cost and low commitment as well. So I'll follow follow that through for you. And also the following on from the shoeboxed episode of going paperless in your pharmacy, I'm going to introduce you to some of the best options in the cloud accounting software space so that you can know your exact financial position anywhere, anytime. So a lot of great guests we've got coming our way. Uh, so please also make sure that you can leave a comment or if you have any questions about these particular episodes. So this is episode 32 on robertstar.com and uh, the, obviously linking to the transformation show. Um, leave a comment underneath the show notes and I get all of those and I'll read and respond to each one of them. And what I also commit to is um, as I'm going through getting our guests together for our show is um, they're going to be able to answer questions directly on there for you as well. So that way everyone can benefit from the great questions that you come out from as well. Just also might mention I've got an upcoming speaking engagement uh, which is free for anyone in Melbourne to come along to uh, which is run by the Bayside Medicare Local and that's on the cloud for the community pharmacy and uh, I'm sure you'll get a lot of benefit out of it. Have a great week, everyone. I look forward to you speaking again next week. Bye for now.